Good morning, I'm Nell Muldoon, and here's the latest update from Spectrum Autism Research. The First Dutch Boy with Autism and the Nun Who Cared for Him by Niels Springveld Seems behaviors perplexed his parents. The four-year-old Dutch boy seemed impossible to interact with. He rarely talked, made eye contact, or paid attention to other people. He appeared happiest when he was left undisturbed for hours on end. Seem lived by routines. He would kick and scream whenever someone distracted him from his games, or he needed to deviate from his usual schedule. He did not like to be hugged and fluttered his arms when he was happy or angry. Seem is a pseudonym. His full name has been withheld for privacy reasons. One physician told Seem's parents that their son might have an intellectual disability, a diagnosis they promptly rejected, insisting that their son was certainly intelligent, but perhaps a little headstrong. He has a will of his own, Seem's father told the doctor, according to a later account. Until the beginning of the 20th century, Dutch children like Seem were usually sent away from their homes and put into asylums for people with intellectual disabilities and other brain conditions. But in 1936, a new institute opened in Nijmegen, the Netherlands, the Pedological Institute, which was dedicated to caring for children with learning and behavioral difficulties. Seem arrived at the institute in October that year. At first, the staff could not make sense of the boy's behavior. One staff member, a nun named Ida Fry or Sister Gaudia, was confident Seem did not have intellectual disability. After an evaluation, he even turned out to have an intelligence quotient of 119. Instead, Fry and her colleagues Alphonse Chorus and Ton Meknecht proposed that Seem had some type of congenital syndrome whose core traits included a need for consistency and difficulties with social interactions. The staff debated what to call this new syndrome, eventually settling on a term coined at the beginning of the 20th century by the Swiss psychiatrist Eugen Bloler, autism. Intelligent Autistic Person According to Bloler, autism was a symptom of schizophrenia, another concept we owe to him. He described autism as the tendency of people with schizophrenia to retreat into a private imaginary world. Many psychiatrists and psychologists adopted the term during the 1910s to the 1930s, using it as a catch-all for any type of withdrawn and introverted behavior in adults. Remarkably, Blolet's concept was applied to children in four different places during the 1920s and 1930s. Austrian child psychiatrist Leo Kanner, who immigrated to the United States and worked at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland, famously used it in his 1943 article entitled Autistic Disturbances of Effective Contact. His perspective on autism, a syndrome characterized by insistence on sameness and extreme aloneness that had no relationship with schizophrenia, would have a lasting impact. The Austrian pediatrician Hans Asperger had already used the term informally in the early 1930s, including during a lecture in October 1938. His postdoctoral dissertation, entitled Die Ostischen Psychopathen im Kinsalter, appeared in 1944, a year after Kanner's article, but did not receive widespread international attention until British child psychiatrist Lorna Wing wrote about his work in the early 1980s. The prescient characterization of autism by Russian child psychiatrist Gruna Sukharova in the 1920s, whose patients bore a striking resemblance to Asperger's, was similarly not fully appreciated until Sula Wolf translated her work in 1996. 
Two of Asperger's Viennese colleagues, psychologist Annie Weiss and her physician husband Georg Frankel, had to wait even longer for recognition. Their accounts of autism were rediscovered only in 2015 by journalist Steve Silberman and historian Stephen Haswell Todd, independently of each other. Weiss and Frankel fled Nazi Germany to the U.S., where they befriended Leo Kanner, who helped them find employment. Their observations, in fact, may have inspired Kanner's. Lesser known is the pioneering work of Fry and her colleagues in Nijmegen, whose findings overlapped with those of Kanner, Asperger, Sukarova, Weiss, and Frankel, without them ever being aware of these other clinicians. They came up with their own concepts to describe their patients for lack of proper alternatives. Out of all the terms, only one stuck. The Institute's 1938 annual report described a boy named Gerard as an intelligent autistic person with stereotypical behavior. Intelligente autist met stereotype gedrag. The staff members soon realized that a couple of other children shared the same characteristics as Gerard, and they decided to establish autistic people, autisten, as its own diagnostic category a year later. The Big Boss Fry was the driving force behind the Pedological Institute. At a young age, she joined the Sisters of the Korstrat, a convent in Den Bosch that would later oversee the Institute. She was a tireless worker with a demanding set of tasks. Besides her teaching duties, she was the Institute's deputy director, school principal, head of daycare, staff manager, and scheduler. More than that, she was the organization's public face. There is no Sister Gaudia without the Pedological Institute. No Pedological Institute without Sister Gaudia. She is the embodiment of the Institute, a reporter wrote in a Catholic Daily newspaper in 1954. As the years passed, Fry increasingly struggled with the convent's strict rules. The other nuns found her style of leadership too liberal. Once, when a girl confessed she dreaded going to Mass, Fry told her she was not obliged to go, a sacrilege according to the other sisters. Moreover, Fry's religious obligations left her unable to fully pursue her intellectual aspirations in the Pedological Institute. In 1956, she bade farewell to the Institute and the Sisterhood. Fortunately, Fry had already landed a job at the Catholic University of Nijmegen. She obtained her doctorate, cum laude, in 1968. Her dissertation, Fremde unter uns, Strangers Among Us, a book of 500 pages with an eye-catching purple and pink cover, describes seven of the autistic children she supervised at the Pedological Institute. Seem, the first Dutch child to be diagnosed with autism, takes up about a third of the book. Fry wrote that Seem quickly improved once he got accustomed to life at the Institute. He spent eight years there, connected with the other children, and became a staff favorite. Just as his parents had always supposed, Seem was anything but intellectually disabled. He started going to a mainstream school at the end of World War II when the Institute was evacuated and entered at the top of his class. For her dissertation, Fry spoke with Seem again in 1965 to see how he was getting on. She observed with great satisfaction that Seem, then 32 years old, had grown into a friendly and stable man who worked as a bookkeeper, much to the delight of his boss. Her former pupil still lived with his parents and had not yet married, which he had hoped for. Nevertheless, he made a generally happy impression. Seam played soccer, sang in a choir, often saw a friend from Nijmegen, and regularly drove his moped. He often reminisced about his time at the Pedological Institute and hesitantly admitted he had been scared of Fry, whom he called the Big Boss. That fear had vanished by 1965. 
Seam and Fry enjoyed their conversation so much that he asked if they could meet again. The Carnival Fanatic Seam steadily improved in the years after. His family described him as a kind-hearted man with a light stutter who was full of life. To his dismay, though, he remained a bachelor. Seam was always up for a good time. The boy who was once so timid grew up to be a long-standing member of his local carnival association. He attended every family get-together, birthday, and First Holy Communion celebration and loved to spoil his nieces, often giving them books and letting them pick a gift at local fairs. Seam's hopeful life story unfortunately ended on a sad note. His doctor diagnosed him with untreatable cancer in 1977. His employer's health department nevertheless decided he could keep working, and Seam continued to ride his bicycle to work every day until it became impossible. He died on April 18, 1977, at age 44. The former nun who guided Seam so competently to reach his full potential continued her own work for many years. In the Netherlands, there was no recognition of Fry's work until 1990, when the Catholic University of Nijmegen named a stipend for young female PhD candidates after her. Somewhat ironic given that Fry was in her 50s when she earned her PhD. Fry, who was 81 years old at the time, enjoyed the humor in this. More recognition for her work came when Annemieke van Drenth, a historian at the University of Leiden in the Netherlands, published an English-language article about the Pedological Institute in 2018. Ida Fry spent her final years in a small town near Nijmegen called Malden. She died there in 2003 and is buried in the cemetery of the Sisters of the Korstraat. Niels Springveld studied comparative literature at Utrecht University in the Netherlands and is an editor at De Nederlands Bokengids, the Dutch Review of Books. He is writing a book on the history of autism. That's all for today. Check back on Wednesday for more content from Spectrum Autism Research or go to spectrumnews.org.